Good morning and welcome to Foothills Church. It is so great to see you. Actually, not as much to see you, but we're so glad that you decided to join us. But the exciting thing is this, is that next week we actually will be able to see you here at Foothills Church, February, February July 5th. Um, we're going to be here live in person here at Foothills Church, and we can't wait for you to be here as well. So we actually as a family have been here, as I mentioned February, not we're starting next week, but we moved here in February. I actually moved here in February. February 15th was my first weekend here. And um, it was really exciting for me and I got to live here a month before my family moved here. My family moved here at the end of March and as they moved here, um, a pandemic happened. Okay, so not typically what you think of when you take on a new job, when you move to a new city, when you move to a new location. But what happened was we moved here, we closed on our house, we moved here, and everyone was told, stay home. So we did, and we stayed home a good amount of time over the last few months. But since that time, we've been released, we've had opportunities to get out and about, and if there's one thing that, that I realized um, during that time is that I really need a Jeep and a boat. I mean, I mean, come on, I mean, we're driving around, I mean, I see a ton of these things, right? I see a Jeep and I see a boat and I'm thinking to myself, I really feel like I um, uh, love my Mazda, I love my sedan, but if I could get a Jeep and a boat and actually visualizing myself taking that boat on the back of the Jeep to the lake and enjoying it, and spending a day, I mean, I think that would make my life really complete. So, so as I've been here, I, I didn't realize I needed it until really I moved here because I've just seen so many of them and I'm seeing boats and Jeeps and actually trucks everywhere too. I'll take a truck as well if that were to come my way. But as, as I realized this, one thing that dawned on me was um, I didn't realize I needed it before until I saw other people having it. And I thought, man, that, that sounds like something I would really like to have. And, and many of us in our lives and people that we know, people that we come in contact with each and every day, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in your neighborhood, maybe it's uh, uh, of someone else that you know, maybe it's even a relative, someone that you know that has been blessed in a lot of ways. They have stuff. They, they have something you think, man, I would love to have their house. It's so awesome, it's so nice. Or someone got the promotion and you're thinking to yourself, um, man, that would be pretty incredible if I had that opportunity as well. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's a possession, maybe it's status, someone has something, someone, someone got a, a part, in, maybe it's or, or on a team or in a play or whatever it could be, and you're thinking to yourself, if I could have that, maybe my life would feel more complete. And, and you're, you're like most people. I think most people watching right now, um, you're thinking to yourself, I felt that at some time. Maybe you're feeling it right now. Maybe you've thought to yourself, um, I actually dealt with that yesterday, maybe even this morning, and you thought, wow, that's kind of me, I, I feel that. And, and most of the time it feels really innocent. Most of the time it feels really innocent in, in the way that we're thinking, it would just be nice to have, but, but then slowly over time, that turns to jealousy, that turns to envy, that turns to desire and want in a way that ends up being unhealthy in each of us. I mean, I know I personally have dealt with this a lot especially when we see people that have it and we know how they got it and we're like, what you received, what they got was dishonest. What they got was not with integrity. 
I know them, I know exactly how they got what they got and how they got that position. I know how they got the promotion. I know how they got the part. I know how they made the team and they manipulated the system. They actually were really corrupt in the way that they did it. They, they looked to people and said, um, you know what, I'm gonna run through you, I'm gonna run over you, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to get to the place where I'm gonna succeed, where I'm gonna get, where I'm gonna have the possessions and when I achieve the top, everybody's gonna look at me and be like, I wanna be like them. And when that happens, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we, we, we wonder to ourselves many times, why not me? I mean, if we're in this series right now called, I got you, if God is saying, hey, I got you, well, then where does he have me in moments like that? When, when we are supposed to be doing it the right way, when we're supposed to be the ones who are saying, um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it with integrity. God tells me to put others before myself. I'm gonna put them before myself. That God tells me to love others and to love them as, as Jesus loves them, I'm gonna do that. When God says to, to be generous and to give, I'm gonna do that. But somehow along the way, when I look and I see what they have and I think to myself, I just wish I had a little bit of that. And I'm really jealous. And something inside of me is just really kind of getting up in knots and, and I don't know what to do about it. Maybe something triggered it. I mean, maybe it's something that you go to a 20 year class reunion and you show up and you start hearing what everyone else has done. And you think, well, I was happy, but no, I'm no longer happy. I was content, but now I wish I had more. Or maybe you move into a brand new place and you're like, I love this new house that God has blessed me with, but then you go to your friend's house and theirs is just a little bit nicer. Or you love the car you're driving. I love my Mazda and I'm driving along the road but as soon as I drive by a Jeep, I think to myself, I need one of those. And when we know how some people got there, something stirs within us that's really unhealthy. Something stirs within us that really God is saying, I don't really want that to be there. And the, the, good, the good news about it is this, is that you and I, um, as we have dealt with this, and as we struggle with this, and we deal with this, it's not something that's new. This has been around since the very, very beginning. This has been around since the very, very beginning of time, even when with Adam and Eve, and all, was, as we read all throughout the New Testament, or the Old Testament and the New Testament, and every story, we see people that have said, I wish I had more, and they pursue it in their own way, and they go and they try to accomplish in their own way, and then along the way, Way, we find people like, like David in, in, in the Old Testament. We, we, we see him. We, we actually, there's a chapter where he addresses this specifically in the Psalms. And as Pastor Trent over the last couple of weeks has helped us to see and to understand so incredibly wonderful about how God says throughout the Psalms, and David reminds us, reminds us throughout the Psalms when we read it, that I got you. When you're stressed, when you're anxious, I got you. When you're worried, I got you. When you're wondering what happens tomorrow, what tomorrow brings, I got you. When you're wondering how do I experience blessings in life, God says, I got you. But those who pursue in their own way, who actually in the Old Testament, when we read this in the Psalms, calls them the wicked. It's a comparison of the righteous and the wicked. Those who pursue God's ways and those who experience righteousness through Christ, as we understand today, that, that when we see that and we read the wicked, it's the wicked for those who say, God, I got this. Instead of God saying, I got you. 
And so as we, as we open up in Psalm 37, we're gonna actually begin to take a look at how David addresses this because David addresses this head on when we open up the Psalms. In fact, right here, when we open up Psalm 37 in verse one, it says this, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. So what we find here is, is this. David comes out of the gate and he shares with us. He says this. He says, fret not. He says, don't worry. Don't be envious. Don't be stressed out about this. And so much, I mean, so many times I've heard that and I've heard people say that. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's a lot easier said than done because there's still something in me that's an emptiness. There's still something within me that I'm feeling like, why them? I get that. And the good Christian thing to do that many of us feel like is we say, um, yeah, I understand that. And I, I trust in you, God, that there's something within us that still stirs and but he reminds us why we shouldn't be. He, he reminds us why we should not be worried about this, but for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. What he, what he was reminding us here is this. For they, for all their possessions, for all the things that they've achieved, for all the status, for all of that, they will soon fade. It will be gone. It's not lasting forever. It is actually temporary. It's something that's gonna only happen in this life, not in the one to come, not in eternity because they've achieved the reward. And he reminds us, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. But then he gives a command. Then he gives an imperative that says, instead of this, this is what I want you to do. I want you to trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. So what we find here is this. We find David reminding the, the readers. In fact, I believe personally he would have struggled with this because I believe as you study the life of David and when you read his life, that as he saw um, those who went before him, those who, who had achieved when maybe, maybe he was just a shepherd boy, when he sees those things and he's, he was reminded to think maybe he dealt with this at some time. But as he's going through and as he's reminding the readers here, as he's reminding in the Psalms to say that they will soon fade like grass, don't worry about them, that all of that they have is gonna eventually be gone, but trust in God, trust in the Lord and do good. It wasn't just a trust, it was an action. Just trust in God and to do good. That he's saying that to do good with your life into others and to dwell in the land of a friend, faithfulness. And then he continues on. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Now, I can't tell you the amount of times I've heard this very verse right here where it says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I've heard it misused in so many different ways. And, and part of it, seems, it seems like a formula. It seems like this, this genie that if I delight myself in the Lord, if I worship enough, if I pray enough, if I stand before him enough and I confess to him, I need you, I trust you. And we do that enough over time, we delight in him, he will give us the desires of our heart, what I want. But I think when we really look deeper, the if and, 
The if I do this, then God will respond. That's kind of the genie model, right? That's if I do this, if I rub the lamp, if I do these types of things, then God's gonna respond. God's gonna give me exactly what I want. If I do this, God's gonna give me the car. If I do this and I pray enough, he's definitely gonna give me the house. If I worship with all my heart and I'm on my knees each and every day, odds are I'm gonna get the promotion. I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna receive and continue on. But we have to look at the if I do. Delight yourself in the Lord. And actually delight, when we look at that word specifically, it means this, it's the Hebrew word that's a nag, to be soft, to be delicate, to be dainty. I know that that's not very like delight yourself when you think about it. When, when you think about delighting yourself, you're not thinking about that I, I need to be soft and delicate and dainty. It also means pliable and moldable. And what that word means is when we delight ourselves in the Lord, we immerse ourselves in him so much that our heart becomes like his heart, that his character becomes our character, that we're molded and shaped into his likeness. So what David says is that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, what he is reminding us is this, is that all of the ways that you, the things that you desire in this life, all the things that you want in this world, all the things that you are saying, yes, that's gonna bring me status, that's gonna bring me happiness, that's gonna bring me achievement, that's gonna make me happy. What he reminds us is that only when we delight in the Lord, then the desires of our heart are granted to us. And I, and I love, I love when, you, when you read in the scriptures, when we read in God's word and, and we begin to study it, and, and it's not just a, I don't want you to do, but then there is the, this is what I want you to do instead. You know, when, many times when we, when we hear something, we hear a command. In fact, I've heard many people say this, and you might be one of them thinking to yourself, you know what, God just is constantly saying, don't do this. That's what Christianity is all about. When I open up the Bibles, don't, 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 don't. But if we replace all of those don'ts with the things that he says to do, we have no time and energy left, in fact. Throughout Psalm 37, this is what we read. In fact, most of this is even the passages we just read. Trust in the Lord. He comes out of the gate and says that. Trust in the Lord. He says this, to do good, to dwell in the land, to commit to God's ways, wait patiently on the Lord, and give generously. That, that's what we read when, we, when we're reading throughout the Psalms. All that, all that he's saying there in Psalm 37, he's continually saying, he's saying, don't, don't worry about them. Don't look at the wicked and say, I wish I had what they had. I, I really want what they have. And if I had what they had, then I could be happy. What David's reminding us is this, is that if we take a step back and we look at, at God's character and we look at the things that he desires and we immediately, as we immerse ourselves in him and as we become pliable and moldable like this clay that he just says, I wanna take you and I wanna mold you into my likeness. In fact, from the very beginning, that was what we what he desired for us to be when he said, I have made mankind in my image, not only in the image, but to be his image in the world and represent his character to this world. And if that's the case, then what he's saying is this, is that we trust in the Lord first. We, we, we don't lean into our own understanding, our own wishes, that when we trust in him, then we begin to realize it's not on me. And that he says, I got you. When we do good, 
We impact our world and change our world because we become his character and his character is love. And he says, therefore you love others as I have loved you. That when we do good in the world, what he's saying is this, your actions, and instead of you wanting and you running over people, do good in their life. That he says this, as, a, as my follower, I want you to, to do good to others so that when they see you, they see me. When, they, when you're around them and how you behave and how you treat them, that you're treating them in such a way that they just experience my love and my grace and my forgiveness. When we dwell in the land, we remember what he has brought us out of and what he has delivered us to. That we, that we remember that, that the, as we dwell in the land that, he is, that we have, were once, you know, we once were, were in sin and caught up in sin and, and that he says, no, I've delivered you out of that, that we were not righteous, that we were wicked. And he says, no, through, through my son now, as we read this and, and, and those of us on this side of the, of the cross, that we look at it and the righteous says this, that when you dwell in the land, you say, I, I have been brought out of that. I no longer dwell in that. I no longer live in that place where sin has me in bondage and control, and we're free from that. When we, when we commit to God's ways, we remember that his character, his ways are so much higher than our ways. And when we wait patiently on the Lord, we realize that I might not have God, and he may choose to bless me immensely. He may choose to bless you immensely, way beyond in this earthly life than we could have ever dreamed. And does he desire, does he sometimes do that? Absolutely he does, absolutely. I've seen it time and time again throughout the scriptures and in my life, I've seen God bless financially. I've seen God bless with status and opportunity. I've seen God bless in a way that says, you know, this is what I want to bless you with and to give you. But when we pursue and we all of a sudden take out him out of that, take out his character and we begin to pursue our own way and we don't wait patiently on him in his blessings and the way he wants, what he wants to give us, then we rob ourselves of seeing him do the work and relying on him and trusting in him. And when we give generously, we put others' needs before our own. I mean, when we give out of an overflow of what God has blessed us with, we begin to truly experience his blessing in our lives. And throughout the rest of the Psalms, we begin to discover and see what David is saying. When we read throughout the rest of Psalm 37, he's reminding us this, as we do these, and as we begin to take on these actions versus the actions of I want, I desire, why not me? Looking at the wicked and looking at those who have gone against God's ways and saying, I, this is just truly what I want, that, that he says, then you begin to discover that God has you. In verse 16, he reminds us there, he says this, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. So easy to read that and think to yourself, I have no idea how anyone can believe that. But see, here's the difference is the little that the righteous has, know, they, they know that, that everything that they've done is not because of their own, that they've completely relied on, on their heavenly father to grant them, to give them. They completely understand that the life that they have, Jesus said, I came to give you life and have it abundantly to the full, overflowing, not just something that, that says, you know what, in the day, today I'm gonna be happy, tomorrow I'm not so happy. It's this joy that comes from within. So the little that the righteous has, then the abundance of many wicked. And this right here goes completely against the, the theology and the understanding before that says, God will give you the desires of your heart if you just lean into him, if you just pray to him. And this right here says, no, 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 no. 
better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked because the wicked have done it in such a way that says, God, I can do this without you. I'm not leaning into you. I don't need you. And I'm gonna do this on my own. And those of us who, who are Jesus followers that are considered the righteous, and as we talked about in the last series, it's not because of our righteousness, it's because of his righteousness, and he has given us that righteousness. So therefore, the little that the righteous has, we realize this. I, I only have it because of him. Several years ago, um, I had an opportunity to go to Peru. And um, I'll never forget that trip. I was exposed for the first time to people who really have gone without. And in my mind, I'm walking around and I'm thinking, oh, I feel sorry for them, you know? I mean, as I'm walking around, I mean, uh, we're going from village to village and, and we're, we're visiting people and, and, and these families and we're going to some churches where the incredible, incredible poverty. And I remember walking, walking up to uh, this one church and, and or we're, we approached the church and we were working with this church and we, we kind of met there and they said, we're gonna dis, uh, disperse you guys out. You guys are gonna have opportunities to go meet and to walk and to, to have some conversations with people in the community. Some people that go to the church there. And as we're walking up the side of the mountain, I looked and I saw a, um, this, this kind of a hut. And, it, and, it, and if, you're, if you have a blue tarp, you know what this is like. It was surrounded by blue tarp. So the temperature there is, is like about 100 degrees. And, and so I, I'm thinking this has to be miserable in this house. And we walked up, we walked up the hill and it was so hard to get to it. By the time I got to the top from where the church was or anything was, any, anywhere you could go, we walked up to the top and I remember walking inside and there was a lady that was there and she, she looked at us and she opened up her arms and gave us big hugs. Obviously not now, but it was back in, back in the day when you, we really could hug in public. So she gave, she gave us a big hug and welcomed us and, 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 and smiled and looked at us and she's, she's holding her baby. Her little baby looked maybe a year old. And through an interpreter, she shared her story about how she wanted to get rid of that baby because she thought, I can't provide for this baby. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So she attempted to take that baby's life and realized in that moment, this was wrong, I should not be doing this. And she took off down the hill to this church and she took off as fast as she could and she got to the bottom of the hill and she went into the church and the church brought her in, they took her to the hospital, they took care of her and that baby was delivered shortly after. And as she began to share her story and she began to have this peace and this smile on her face and this joy of having her baby and what she has in the church and continuing to, 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 to rave and to continually to talk about how much God has blessed her and has given her. And I'm looking around the room thinking to myself, really? I, I, I just thought to myself, I mean, I'm smiling, I'm in agreement, but I'm thinking this is not what I would consider being blessed. But when I left, it dawned on me that her blessing was little but it was little than her righteousness through Jesus and he had given her and she says, this is all I need. The health of my baby, I have my church, I have my relationship with Jesus. What else do I need in this life? And she realized that the little that she had been given was because of her heavenly father had gifted her that. And as we continue to read on, David shares this with us. I have been young and now I am old. David is saying this, I, I am an old man now. I've, got, I've seen it, I've experienced it. I've seen it over time. I have been young, I, when I was young, I maybe thought certain things and now that I'm old, I'm looking back and I'm reflecting on some things. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. 
And what David is reminding us there is this, is that I have I've been young and now I'm old and I've, seen the right, I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread that God has provided. God has always said, I got you. God has always said, no matter what, the righteous forsaken um, doesn't happen. His children are not begging for bread. He's always given the provision of that to them. And it's not a matter of, what, of the abundance of what maybe, maybe some people have, but it is saying, I've never seen it. I've seen God always say, I got you. And at the conclusion of this chapter, verse 39 and 40, we read where he says, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. What David is reminding here at the very end, and this is what I love how this chapter ends. He starts with the very beginning of saying, don't, don't focus on what the wicked have. Don't focus on that and say, oh, if I can only have, then I would find happiness and contentment. Don't focus on that. In fact, when you trust in the Lord, when you give, when you're generous, and he tells all these things and he concludes with this, the salvation, salvation of saying, you know what? I can't make it in this life and the life to come on my own, that I need a savior, that the savior, the salvation of the righteousness is not from them, it's from the Lord. And he is their stronghold in the time of trouble, he helps them, he delivers them, delivers them from the wicked, he saves them because they take refuge in him, not in their own ways, not in pursuing their own desires. He says this, you take refuge in me because I got you. You see, when we find this, when we, when we actually when we pursue him, when we say, um, um, I, I desire you more than anything, when we're, when we're moldable, pliable, when we say, God, I, I wanna be so consumed with you and your ways and your thoughts and your desires that this is what happens. When our hearts desire him, desire him with all that we have, desire him in everything that we own, desire him in every possession that we have, our desires change. See, our desires become, become his desires. Our prayers our prayers to see him work in this world. Our prayers change from, from instead of God give me, God grant me, God bless me, our prayers change to say, God, how can you use me today? Our prayers change to, God, how can you, um, the, the way that you've blessed me, how can I bless somebody else today? The way, they, they change from, that your desires are for people to know you because you love them so much. Can I introduce somebody, somebody to you today? Please give me that opportunity. That our prayers change to, God, I just want to, to, to change my world and help them to see you use me in any way that you desire. Because when our hearts desire him, our desires change. See, that passage is so true. It is so true. That he gives us, gives us the desires of our heart. But the gifts that we think of being a gift that he's going to bless us with changes. And the gifts or more our time with him, our impact in this world, how he can use us in the lives of others. My, um, my daughter recently asked me, she said, dad, um, she was asking me about my dad growing up. And she said, what was the best Christmas gift he ever gave you? And I was, and I thought, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I thought of a lot of different ones that he gave me and I was thinking to myself, I, I thought, well, maybe, maybe it was a BB gun he gave me, right? 
Maybe it was the BB gun that, that he gave me and I thought, that, that's the one, that's the one because he gave me a BB gun. But I, I really had to think about that one a little bit. And he gave me a lot of gifts. I mean, my dad didn't have a lot, but, but he loved me and he gave me gifts like our heavenly father does for us, right? He blesses us and he gives us gifts. But then she asked me another time about the memories I have of my dad. And they just kept coming. And I thought to myself, yeah, I remember when dad would show up at my basketball games. I remember when dad would take me to go visit or to go to the movies to, to meet my friends. I remember, I remember him teaching me to, to what, how to ride a lawnmower and mow the grass correctly because I could never get it right, but he taught me that. I remember, I remember him um, always providing for us and him leaving early in the morning and coming home late in the afternoon, but no, it didn't matter whatever it was. He was like, we're getting together, let's have dinner together. I, I mean, I remember him when, when, when my kids came into the world, I remember him holding both of them up. In fact, a daughter who asked me about that where she would wrap her arms around his neck and just warm his heart like I've never seen. I remember when I prayed with him and I gave him a hug and I told him I loved him when he went in for his cancer surgery shortly before he passed. And, and I remember those memories and those times and the things he taught me and his character. And, and I, I believe that through those times and that investment that he made in my life, my, my life has changed because of that. The, 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 the desire that I have for certain things or wants and is because of my time with my dad and our time together. And I believe when our hearts desire him and we spend time with him, we change. So true with our heavenly father, that he's like, when you focus on all that stuff that you don't have, when you focus on the gifts that I'm gonna bless you with and you miss out on me, it's like, I'm, I'm your heavenly father, I'm, I'm gonna bless you, I wanna give you, okay? But, but let's let those desires change. And that's when he gives us the desires of our heart because our heart becomes like his heart. And that's what he wants. And you might be watching this and today, maybe you're thinking, I, I want that peace from within. Everything that he shared, I, I want that. Everything that he's sharing the, about, you know, throughout the Psalms that he's saying that, that peace, I'm, I'm pursuing it, I'm trying to get it, I'm trying to get all of this stuff and, and I feel like it's empty and it's never ending and it's, I've gotta, I can never accomplish enough. I can't get to the mountaintop quick enough. Maybe today you need to release that and give that to Jesus and say, I can't make this on my own. And he says this, yes, you can't let me. Today, maybe you need to give your life to Jesus because he gave his life for you. Maybe the first time you've ever heard that, but he did. After David wrote this years later, a savior came into this world and he gave his life for you and for me and for all of us because he said that, those desires of you pursuing, it's gonna be empty. You're never gonna get enough. You're never gonna make enough. You're never gonna do enough. But if you trust me, I'll give you the life that I promise and it's full and abundant. Or maybe you're on the other side and you said, I've got that relationship. I have that relationship, but I don't know what to do with this whole thing within me that says I want to pursue and I want and I'm jealous and I'm envious and I really want what they have. That maybe today you've just been reminded to stop, to trust, to rest and to realize that God says, I got you, you just, you just keep your eyes on me. Because I believe that is where real life is found. Let's pray together. 
Maybe if that were you today and you were to, you were to say, I, I really would love to have that relationship. If God, if God has that plan for me, how can I do that? And there's a simple prayer. There's nothing magical about this prayer. There's nothing magical about the words that's being said. This is just a, a, a guide to help you to express yourself to saying, God, I'm, I'm done. I'm over this. Please, please help me to know you. And this just says this, they, you know, dear Jesus, I have really messed up. I pursued my own ways, not your ways. I wanted things in this life and in this world that, that never bring me happiness. And, and I want the life that's promised, that you said I can have, the peace that you said I can have, the joy that you said I can have in him. And I believe that Jesus died for me and I wanna give my life to him because I believe he died and was raised from the dead. He beat and defeated death so that I can have life. Today, I trust him. And maybe it's you that's just saying, I need to give over more of this self-righteousness that I have that's more consumed with me rather than saying, God, I trust you. And if that's you, turn it over to him. I'm gonna give you just a moment in your own way just to say, God, take away this envy, take away this jealousy, take away all this. I wanna trust in you, I wanna be generous, I wanna give, I wanna be able to say that I wanna live a life that makes a difference in this life today and for eternity and not watch it wither and fade. Take just a moment for that. Father God, we are so thankful for how amazing you truly are. You're a heavenly father who loves us. You're a heavenly father who says, I wanna be the best daddy you've ever experienced and that I'm the perfection of what your earthly father cannot be. Help us to experience that and live in that and dwell in that and trust in that each and every moment of every day. It's in Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you made a decision, I mean, we, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to have a conversation with you about that because we don't wanna leave you alone in this. If you could click the button below or text FC Decision to 97000. We have someone who will follow up with you, a team will just follow up with you just to have a conversation around that because God loves you, we love you, and we would love to help you in that. Also, don't forget, next week, July 5th, we are back in person here at FC. And if you happen to miss our weekly update earlier, check it out now.